0: Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Today on episode 15, I am talking to Krista Thompson, who is a full-time single mom. She's a lawyer who has been working from home in the midst of a pandemic with three kids under the age of four. So Krista created a blog from her personal experiences, particularly with her experiences with an abusive marriage and a narcissistic spouse. She has a blog called Recovering Superwoman, where basically her premise is she's recovering from the idea of being a superwoman and having to do it all and be it all to everyone. So I'm super excited to dive in today with this conversation with Krista where we talk about how it's okay to not be okay as a working mom. It's okay to need a break from the 24-7 constant series of motherhood that we're going through. And it's okay to need an extra glass of wine sometimes at the end of a stressful day. We also talked about the changing nature of the workplace and workplace flexibility that's going on in the country right now in the midst of the pandemic. And we talked about embracing the chaos and respecting boundaries and also doing what works for you as a working mom and not paying attention to what others do. And this also goes into setting boundaries and respecting those boundaries as a working mom. So without further ado, let's start the conversation with Krista. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. I am so excited today to be talking to Krista Thompson from Recovering Superwoman. Hi, Krista. Welcome to the podcast. Can you start by introducing yourself? And can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your career, and your family?
1: Sure. I'd love to. And thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. My name is Krista Thompson. I am, uh, oh gosh, so many things. Where should I start? Let's start with my family. So I am a mom of three kids, one, two, and four. So it's pretty chaotic. I was a short time member of the three under three club, (laughs) which was a very special club to be part of. I am a full-time single mom. So I have my kids with me 24 seven, which has been extremely interesting this year, particularly with the pandemic. I am an attorney by profession. I'm associate general counsel of a company down here in Florida on the Space Coast. We manufacture satellites to launch into low Earth orbit. I joined that company earlier this year. My family, we used to live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we relocated to Orlando right in the beginning stages of the pandemic in March. So it was a very interesting time to make a cross-country meal. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually went to college down here at the University of Central Florida. So there's a little bit of a feeling of home down here for me as well. I have a good network of friends down here that are generally in the same stage of life as me. And so that's been really refreshing, despite us not being able to enjoy each other's company as much as we probably thought we would have this year. So as you said, I go by the handle on Instagram, Recovering Superwoman. I run a blog by the same name. I started the blog about two years ago, coming up on our two-year anniversary, actually, because it was kind of a therapeutic process for me. The therapist I was working with at the time as I was just coming out of a marriage, and we can talk about that a little bit if you wish, suggested that I take up journaling as a way to heal even if that journaling wasn't specific to things from my marriage or struggles that I was facing, just whatever kind of came to mind. And, you know, I said, listen, at that time, I was pregnant with my third, I was, you know, by myself with my other two kids. And I said, I don't have the time to like sleep or get in the shower, or or anything that like normal people would do. So I'm not sure how journaling is going to fit into this, but I'll give it a try. And really, I started my blog. I mean, it's kind of a private, non mainstream blog, I don't have a huge following, but it's a very limited in focus. And I wrote it for myself. It was my journal, I talked about things that I was doing with my kids and struggles that I faced. And you know, some healing that I was doing as I was recovering from an abusive marriage, particularly while pregnant with, you know, two little kids already. And it kind of grew from there. And it's still, like I said, it's not a huge blog. It's not something I'm trying to make big. It's just a passion project of mine now. It's still therapeutic for me to write about my experiences and to reach people that have perhaps been in similar situations as me and really just bring truth and normalization, I guess, to the struggle of what being a mom, a professional, in my case, single mom is like. Mm -hmm. That's really been, you know, what has fueled
0: the continuance of it. So that's probably an overview of who I am and what I do. Yeah, I think that's amazing that you, you know, it came out of your personal experiences, but I think that it has, you know, has the potential to help So many other women who might be going through similar things, who maybe are afraid to say anything or reach out. You never know who you could be helping.
1: Yeah. I received, you know, first of all, I mean, it's been helpful for people in my life that knew some bits of my story, but didn't know it all or didn't. And I don't use the blog to talk about the actions of my ex. I use it to talk about my story. That was really important to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want what happened to me, what I went through to be my story. I wanted the growth, the healing, the recovery to be my story. And so that's Mm -hmm. what I focus on. I obviously touch on the fact that there were some difficulties and some struggles just by virtue of healing from them, but that's not what it's about. It's actually about you know what the journey is like today. And I chose the handle Recovering Superwoman actually, because I was in a meeting with a mentor um, about a year and a half ago, shortly after filing for divorce. And we instantly in our first meeting, like recognized, that we both kind of had this like toxic way of thinking, which was really perpetuated by every aspect of society where, you know, women have to do it all that, you know, we have to be everything to everyone that, you know, we can't sleep, we can't take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so my recovering is from the idea of being a superwoman. It's, I've been asked questions and it doesn't offend me, but like people say like, Oh, like, are, you know, like, are you an AA or (laughs) like, what is your recovery? And it's not that it's from the way of thinking that i used to embrace which really is along the lines of a codependent you know way of relating to other people being that you know we have to be everything to everyone like that we can't break that we can't yeah. pause or take care of ourselves and i'm sure i mean i've listened to your podcast like i know that you and your guests you know relate to that as well
0: yeah for sure i think all of us in a sense need to recover from that. Like you had said, I love that. That's why you named your blog Recovering Superwoman because I feel like, especially this year with the pandemic and everything, I think it added on even more layers of feeling like you have to do everything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Great. So what would you say, I mean... So if women are kind of reading your blog posts and kind of thinking, well wow, I have a similar situation. I really don't know where to go from here or, you know, what I can do. What, what advice would you give them? Either, you know, single moms or moms that came from an abusive relationship or maybe are still in it. What kind of tips and advice would you give to them? You know, it's a great question
1: and You know, I think that the most interesting part of the relatability of my blog and the people that I interact with has been that our journeys share similar themes, but they're all very unique. And so there's really not necessarily one size fits all advice that works, you know, for everyone. However, I do think that just as moms in general, particularly working moms and (laughs) side note, like all moms are working moms, whether they stay at home and are working, you know, with their children yeah. every day, homeschooling their children or, you know, in a more typical office setting or run a side business or a side business is there is their main profession. Like all moms are working moms. But so for moms with children, I guess is really what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for um, sure. I think it's really important that we don't buy into you know, the narrative of that we necessarily have to do it all. Like I was saying earlier, like <laughs> women don't have it all, women do it all. And that's not to say that we don't have supportive men or women partners or families or friends around us, but it means that there is this idea, you know, from society, you know, where mothers, we disproportionately shoulder the financial, physical, emotional burden of raising our children. That's reinforced by cultural stereotypes, societal expectation, our own biases. Like it takes a village, but there is No village for what is being asked of us, typically in the twenty first century, and definitely not in the age of a global pandemic where everything has been flipped upside down. So, something that bothers me is when I see, you know, general talking points that you know say something like, "Here is the best way to work from home," you know, successfully. (laughs) (laughs) There is no one size fits all approach. You know, there is no okay. Well, if you just make a space where you can concentrate, you'll be the best employee. Well. Mm -hmm. not everybody has access to a space in their home that they can have dedicated for, you know, working. We weren't prepared to move our lives entirely remote or to set up home office spaces without distraction. Not everybody has the Ability to, you know, continue working while putting their kids through virtual school. I mean, using me, for example, I have a one, two and four year old. And yes, Mm -hmm. my kids all they were in a Montessori school full time an early education school because it's the same price as daycare, like they might as well be in a more structured environment. And they went virtual on March 13th, like the rest of the world did. Well, what is virtual for a nine month old? Like, that's what I had. Like, there's no virtual school. Like, that means I'm full time babysitting my own child or watching my own child while they're singing, you know, songs with their teacher on Zoom. And that's not to say that teachers weren't doing amazing things. (laughs) They were, they are. What is being asked of teachers is incredible. However, like, that's it's just not reality to say that I can have a productive work day at that time, nine month old, newly two year old, and a three and a half year old. Like, there's just no way. <laughs> So like there is no one size fits all approach and I get, you know, my stress and frustration It comes when I see like, okay, well, if you just do this, you can be productive while adjusting to, you know, the ridiculous expectations that society has on you right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: I totally get <laughs> And that's get not that. just for me. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not just for me. That's for anybody that is in this situation. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a single mom. It doesn't have to be a working mom. It could be, there's never a one size fits all approach, I guess is what I'm trying to get at
0: No, I love that you said that. I talk about that a lot in my own platform. I think I even wrote a couple of blog posts about that recently, but I can completely relate Like everything is not the same things are not going to work for everyone. And like for in my scenario, for example, like I had a four year old when the pandemic started, she just turned five now, but she's still not in kindergarten because her birthday was late. But her preschool slash daycare actually did not do anything virtual. So it was like it was totally on us for whatever amount of months, four or five months, And my husband's a full time firefighter, so he goes off for twenty-four to forty-eight hour shifts. So then it was totally on me. (laughs) Yeah. Well while trying to work full time and everything else. So yeah, I totally, totally relate and agree. There is not a one size fits all approach.
1: And you know, Kelly, like just like in normal times, you know, she's about to
0: bomb the conversation right now too. She's coming up the stairs.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that, and that's part of the what we face, right? That's normal. For me, you probably relate to this, Kelly. A big struggle that I had was I was very lucky that when I made the move down here I had a nanny that came with me from Pittsburgh yeah. and my nanny has moved in with me and lived with me and basically saved me during the pandemic and allowed me to continue working. But here was the problem. I had, again, one, two and four year old or a few months earlier you know, than that. And I'm working in my office and my children know I'm home yeah, and they don't understand that I can't be bothered. That's totally normal. How could we expect a one-year-old, a two-year-old to be like, okay, my mom's right there, but I can't go talk to her. I can see her on the other side of the door, but I can't go in there. So they cry on the outside of the door or they bang. And I can't get mad at them for that. This is, my kids were pulled, you know, out of school. They were used to the structure, moved across the country. Living in a new house, like everything is new for them. I mean, I have so much empathy for the huge changes that they went through and like and a lot of compassion for, you know, them not understanding that I can't be bothered. And I don't know how you handled it exactly. I mean, I went did some crazy logistics. I would wake up and work for two or three hours in the middle of the night because I manage a bicontinental team and some of the people that work for me are in France. So like I could get up and work while during their working hours in the middle of the night sometimes. I would then work like from basically 7.30 in the morning till about one, give my nanny a few hours off. And like, while two of my kids were napping, I'd go try to work and entertain my son a little bit simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd have to end my work day at three o'clock until my kids went to bed where I could fit in a little bit more. I mean, it's just really crazy. And, you know, there's a lot of research that states that in addition to, you know, women carrying the burden, you know, of their families' schedules and, you know, mental load during normal times that women are disproportionately affected during economic crises and that would include the global pandemic of course but you know the majority of healthcare workers and social service workers and teachers i think 70 to 80% in those categories are women yeah. and you know women are primarily the caretakers of their children not always there's a lot of great men out there that shoulder that load as well but if you had to take an average women do that more than men I think there's like 11 million single parent families in the United States. The last time, you know, I looked up that statistic and 80% mm-hmm. of those are women. There's obviously less access to societal protections generally or social protections, you know, with the lack of prenatal care and universal preschool and all things like that. Like this is a very difficult time to be a woman. And I think it's important to own and acknowledge the struggle. Like this is hard. Yeah. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to have an extra glass of wine on a difficult day. I mean, it's okay to sometimes need a break from the 24-7 nature of motherhood. And it, for yeah. me, parenting, when I dreamed of parenting, and there is nothing, Kelly, that I love more than being a mom. There is nothing I love more. As much as I am fueled by this crazy ambition that runs through my veins, there is nothing I enjoy more than being a mom. However, I never really anticipated being a mom 24-7. And when you're working from home, you're a mom 24-7 because you know what's happening. Just like, you know, your daughter coming up the stairs. Like when there's a child out there crying, it doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of a meeting. It doesn't matter that I have a nanny. I'm going to take care of my child. I'm going to comfort them because nobody comforts them like mom and particularly, you know, me. I am the only parent, I should say primary parents, but (laughs) it's impossible to escape from that 24 seven nature, you know, as it's been this year.
0: For sure. Yeah, everything you just said, I kind of got chills as you were talking because it's just so relatable. I think, yeah, this year, even before this year, like you said, motherhood is a 24 7 thing. But with turning it on its head this year and just flipping it around, and now we are literally 24 7 because we're trying to do our jobs at home while the kids are there, even, you mm-hmm. know, regardless if you have childcare or not, maybe you have a nanny or you have some other people might have part time preschool or part time daycare that they were able to send kids back to. You know, after August, I think some people were able to do that because they restrictions are lifting a little bit but even if you have that it's still it's a 24/7 thing and yeah.
1: You know, like they you think said. they've, I've read it's called the, what, like the motherhood tax, like mm-hmm. that, you know, women have to have the superhuman emotional fortitude to manage the idea oh of gosh, making yeah. those decisions, <laughs> right? Like, and yeah. this year, Kelly, like we had to then think like, okay, I've had to choose between my career and my children before. I think I found a really good way to do excel at both of them, but it doesn't mean there hasn't been choices along the way. Like, mm-hmm. let's just take, for example, my first was born and I was nursing my son. So I would then, have to, when I went back to work, I think like eight weeks postpartum or so, I had to take, you know, three or four times a day, a half an hour out of my day to go pump for my child, which extended my working day by two hours, which meant I was away from my child. Like the things that we have to choose between career and family are really difficult choices there's a constellation of challenges and logistical hurdle jumping that comes with that. And this year, it's even more significant. This year, we had to decide, do I continue working or do I risk sending my children to school where they may be infected by this virus we know very little about? Mm -hmm. You know, or do I need to quit my job to keep them home with me? Like, you feel selfish whatever you choose. For me, if I don't work, I can't afford to live in our house and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, pay for my car and send my kids kids to school. So like there's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy and a little bit of a cycle that, you know, okay, well, if I don't work, I can't send my kids to school. If my kids don't go to school, I can't work. (laughs) And just the choices we're having to make. Next week, I am going back to work for the first time, actually, since I've moved here. So I've lived here for eight months Mm -hmm. and I'm going to the office for the first time next week because we're being very strongly encouraged. We're not yet being mandated, but very strongly encouraged (laughs) to come back to the office. And even that is scary to me and I'm not
0: for sure. Among yes.
1: the overly cautious coronavirus parents, I take it very seriously, but we've still been trying to live during this time. We've been trying to still get out and go to playgrounds and be outside and, yeah, and try for to sure. some semblance of normal But now I do have some concerns. I'm going to be in an office environment, you know, several days a week and interacting with other people who you don't know what their personal levels of tolerance and respect for this pandemic are. I think that's really terrifying to me. Yeah, Just not because I'm worried about necessarily getting sick, but because I'm worried that if I do get sick, it's just me. Like, (laughs) yeah, I take pretty good care of myself generally, but my fear only comes around, you know, the fact that I can't imagine should something happen to me that, you know, what would happen to my children. That's, that's really scary for me. So from that end, I take it very seriously. And again, these are the challenges that I'm having to make. You're having to make women around America are having to make every day. And that's only magnified during the pandemic. These choices existed pre-pandemic. And I think it's really important to acknowledge them, to normalize the fact that there is a struggle here, but not normalize Mm -hmm. what the struggle is. Like, let's talk about it and say, yes, this is hard. Let's talk about it and say, this isn't how it should be. Let's just not accept that this is the way it is though.
0: Yeah. And I can totally relate to your fear and nervousness about returning to work. So I had to do that. Back in June, they wanted us to go back like full on, like five days a week, and I was like, "What? Wait, I can't do that." <laughs> so some of my coworkers without kids were like, they were back on site like five days a week, and I was like, "I cannot do this." Like, you know, the school, I'm like, the school situation, like it's still up in the air. Like, I'm nervous about this. I'm anxiety about this. So I kind of worked out like a partial return with flexibility. They let me do, but it still kind of was nerve wracking. Do that transition. So I totally understand, you know, that anxiety. There's also
1: a lot of, and this is not to say anything about your employer or mine, but there's a lot of, is this really necessary right now? Like I have done my job phenomenally well, um, at least in the eyes of my employer for the last eight months. Is there really a benefit to, again, they're not mandating it, but it's kind of a mandate. to forcing people back to the office while things are still uncertain. Mm-hmm. I certainly know that there, of course, has been some effect to my productivity during your standard nine to five workday, but I know that I've more than made up for that. Like I said, you know, with, oh, um, yeah. you know working in other hours and whatnot. So there's a part of me that is frustrated with the unnecessary risk of it when I don't think my employer is going to get any more benefit. In fact, you know, they'll have me commuting 45 minutes to work each day and that's going yeah. to taken out of my workday because my kids, I don't know if, um, how it, I know you said your daughter's um, not in kindergarten yet, but like my kids' school still has modified hours. They're in a, a Montessori preschool environment and they're mm-hmm. not going the normal like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. open. They're, they're right. open less hours, like a nine-hour day because they have less students, less staff. And so they're certainly, you know, my employer is going to get me in the office, but they're going to get me <laughs> for yeah. less of a day <laughs> Exactly, that's what it is right now. Let's not make a difficult situation more difficult.
0: Right. And I think that also a big part of it is, I think in the past, a lot of us as moms and women in general were kind of just like afraid to bring up that we need these things with our employers. Yep. So we're just kind of hesitant and afraid, like, I don't know what they're going to think of me if I ask them this. And I don't know if they're going to give me flexibility. But this year, it kind of just like got put right in front of our faces. And it's like, if we don't ask for it, and if we don't be upfront and honest that we need these things, Then we're just going to be miserable and we're not going to be able to take care of things, you know, as we feel fit for our families. So it's kind of like it just pushed it to the forefront this year, which is in a way to me, it's a little bit good because then maybe at least going forward, the employers will recognize that it is such a huge need that people need this type of flexibility.
1: And I think some will. I think some of the tech companies, particularly like Silicon Valley, like companies seem to be rolling out somewhat permanent or long-term, you know, remote plans for their employees. And there's lots that are not as well. There's also tons of professions and industries where that's just not possible. Yeah. Where, you know, if you hold certain positions that your presence is required, for example, I mean, I happen to work in a corporate part of my company, but there are also people that with very highly skilled training that are very well educated, but are actually involved in the manufacturing of our satellites that have to be in our factory Mm -hmm. Do that work. That's not work that can be done remote. And, you know, there's certainly an understanding that parts of industries and companies will need to continue as they were before, at least as close as possible. But I think it's a really good opportunity and it's interesting that it happens, you know, kind of around an election where people are talking about these kinds of things more than they do when it's not election season that, you know, what kinds of things can we do to just make this easier? You said like, we've always worried about talking to our employers about things. Like I Mm. of course worried about talking to my employer, like, okay, well, you know, do I need to add two hours on my day? Cause I'm pumping in the middle of my workday. Like, or like, I was worried about what that question even would mean, like that it looked like I was trying to do less. You know, I think as a single mom, I also worry like, okay, who's going to pick up my kids from school? Like if someone is sick, like that usually falls on me. I mentioned I have a nanny, but like, I don't employ her 24 seven, you know, she's not intended to be my substitute. She's intended to help me because of the age of my children, you know, during times when they're not at school. So, you know, I worry that, you know, I have a sick kid, I got to take a kid to an appointment, you know, what that means. And I've been very fortunate to work for a number of employers over, you know, my years of being a mom that have understood and have been flexible. But I just think the timing of this with the election forces this conversation up and it should, it should be talked about all of the time. Like I said, I think normalizing the conversation, but not what the current state of it is really important. And I think when moms, uh, one reason I love Kelly, the podcast so much is like, I think when moms can come up here and say like, damn it, this is hard. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm not putting forward this Instagram picture, perfect, worthy, like side of my life. Like I have great moments. I definitely, someone accused me recently. (laughs) I was on a date (laughs) and this person accused me of like putting forth a carefully curated, I think was the word like Instagram, you know, portion of my life. And I was like, have you looked at my Instagram? (laughs) My Instagram is full of like my kids not looking at a photo. And like I caption, it's funny. I'm like, this is what life with three kids under four is like, you say, okay, everybody smile for the camera. Like someone lifts up their dress. One of the kids looks backwards and the other one (laughs) like runs and takes off. Like that's what life is. And it's funny. It's chaotic. I embrace that chaos. I embrace what this time is. And even though I'm still in it, I already miss it. I know like one of these days I'm going to be excited when nobody wakes me up in the middle of the night, but I'm also going to miss someone waking me up in the middle of the night because <laughs> they just want mom to hug them. Like, yeah. And this time is so fleeting. It's so limited. I'm scared for, scared is probably a strong word, but like, I'm scared to not have that feeling of just Need You know, when my kids are little, they need me. They want mom all the time. And it's overwhelming. Sometimes I catch my youngest is about 15 months now. And she's very much in a, it's not separation anxiety. She's happy to separate from me. But when I'm there and when she sees me, she wants to basically be attached to my body in some way. it's hanging on my leg, hanging, you know, on my body, climbing up me, whatever it is. And that makes it very difficult to do the things that I need to do, make lunches, put stuff away, get the nap bags packed and whatever it might be. And I get frustrated with her occasionally because of that. And I force myself back to be present because Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just, it's going to be so soon that they just don't want anything to do with me. (laughs) And so mindfulness and trying to stay present, even though it's so hard and it's okay to not love every moment that has helped me get through this season of truthfully, it's hard. It's a difficult season, but remembering that it's going to be over before I know it is something that keeps me grounded in the moment.
0: Yeah, definitely. I yeah, I just love everything that we've been talking about. And I could probably go on for like hours and hours and hours talking about all things like (laughs) working mom related, plus, you know, kids related and just in the pandemic. And there's so much to talk about. I know. I think that's the
1: best part of this is like, it's so conversational, your podcast. And I just think the work you're doing, you know, in exposing these like confessions, you know, is so needed. This conversation is so necessary. And I know you're reaching so many people that benefit from hearing this message. So just thank you for the work you're doing on this. It's really great to be a part of it. And it's really great just to listen to this. It helps me regularly remind myself that I'm not alone.
0: Thank you. Yes. And I love how there's so many more resources out there now than there used to be too. Oh gosh. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Podcasts are
1: my, like, I don't know, it's my Bible and my music, you know, healing. Yes, for (laughs) sure. It's certainly something that it's constantly going for me. I also love that I'm from the Northeast, as I mentioned. So I tend to talk a little faster and I also enjoy people that talk fast. So being able to listen to podcasts on like one and a half speed has been like a (laughs) life-changing thing for me. It's like, A mom hack that I've shared with a good friend recently, and she was like, "Wait, what? You can listen to podcasts on one and a half (laughs) speed? Like the amount, you know, of time that it takes to cycle through them. There are certain things I want to slow down and listen to first, but it's really great to be able to do that. So
0: that's so Um. true. I actually did that with an audio (laughs) book recently because I signed up for like a book club, and then I'm like, I don't have time to read this book for this book club, so then I just started speeding it up, listening to it, and I'm like, Well, this works.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's right, and it's like. Anything we could do to find, I don't like to feel like I'm cheating anything, but like to find a way to fit more into our
0: days or just to be more productive. That's that's really helpful. So, yeah, for sure. Things like that. Yeah. (laughs) So, I just have a couple more questions I ask every guest. It's kind of like a lightning round and just to get Mm -hmm. to know you a little bit more and like what you're working on and what you're excited for, you know, in the coming months and things like that. So, what is something you'd consider to be like a non-negotiable practice that you have to do every day so you can start or end your day on a positive note.
1: All right, I'm going to give you my answer and then I'm going to give you my backup answer. So water, for sure. Drinking water is the one thing that, the only thing, Kelly, (laughs) that I can manage to do well every day. (laughs) And my backup answer is, I think it, this kind of question, while I love it, and it's, I like to hear what other people say. I've been fascinated by the answers I've heard so far. It makes me feel like pressure, truthfully, not to yeah. give you an answer, but like when I hear what other people are doing every day and I'm like, shit, I can't meditate for 10 minutes every day. There's just no way I can do that. <laughs> like, I don't know how to fit that in or I can't even shower every day. <laughs> like, yeah. So Sometimes it makes me feel pressure about the things that I need to do in a day, but I think that as long as, you know, other listeners, maybe they agree, maybe not. Like as long as it's for you, like it doesn't mean you have to adopt everyone else's self care thing that they have to do every day. But it is important to have one that works for you. So if I were to offer a piece of advice to that is don't feel pressure by, you know, what someone else is able to do uh, 60 minutes of yoga every day. That is awesome. Way to go. Yeah. But if that doesn't work for your life, that's okay. That's okay. Find what works for you.
0: I love that answer so much, actually, because even going through and asking this question, I've even had to sit back and kind of reevaluate what I put pressure on myself to do. And so now if If I just put a goal, like if I move a little bit every day, that's good. Like, then yep. it checks off my list. So it doesn't matter if it's like a little walk or a little yoga or a little bike ride or something. If I'm just moving a little bit, then that's my goal.
1: Yeah. You see, you figured out what works for you. And that's so key. Like, yeah, we have to embrace our own journeys and recognize, you know, like we said earlier, you know, in your question earlier, like there's not a one size fits all for everyone. So to do what works for you and to understand that and accept that is okay. If it's different than what someone else does, but self-care looks different to different people.
0: For sure. Yeah. So the next question I had then, do you have like a working mom hack to get you through a hectic and difficult day?
1: Yeah, I do. It's wine. (laughs) I went from water to wine. Okay. A working mom hack, truly like something that helps me at the end of my day. It's not like I have a glass of wine every day, but I mean, more days than not that I look forward to that. So really the hack is motivation. The hack to have something that you can look forward to that is at the end, you know, of your day that you can reward yourself. Your reward again can be different than my reward. That's not a problem but have some piece of motivation at the end of your day. For me, it's wine. I also say I'm not someone that enjoys running. In fact, I despise running in any way, shape or form. But a friend asked me to run a 5K and I was like, if there is wine at the end of the 5K, (laughs) I can consider doing this 5K with you. Like, just have something that motivates you to get through. So that's my hack.
0: So I guess the better question is, what is your favorite type of wine?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a great question. Malbec is my favorite in Argentina or South African, Malbec, which is like a earthy, spicy red wine.
0: Yeah, I love Malbec. What's yours, Kelly? Oh, you like
1: Malbec Malbec too? Great, yeah. (laughs) I love
0: Malbec. My favorite, I would have to say, is Pinot Noir though.
1: Oh, wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I like a good Pinot Noir too.
0: I don't really discriminate when it comes to (laughs) (laughs) wine. I'm totally there with you. I'm a wine lover too. So, (laughs) Who are your favorite, so either like podcasters, bloggers, or like a favorite author or someone that you follow and are really inspired by?
1: Sure. I'll give you a few. So, I mean, there's no way I'm not going to say that, you know, your blog and podcast haven't been really inspirational to me. It's oh, absolutely you. one. Yeah, it's 100% true. And I'm so excited to be talking to you. And I did a guest post for your blog that'll be coming out here shortly as well. Yes. it probably will ready be out by the time, you know, this airs, but so certainly being featured on your blog and podcast has been really awesome. So I have a few personal interests and I'll tell you about some of them. So first I love <laughs> Don't laugh. You're going to laugh. I love birth. Childbirth. I think it's really the most incredible experience that like women can go through. It doesn't mean that women should, you know, but I think however you choose to have your baby is amazing. And like just the process of bringing a child into the world is so cool. So I'm really into birth. I also, at least for my third, I had a home birth for my third. And so I follow this podcast called Happy Home Birth Podcast by someone who has turned into a friend. Her name's Caitlin Fusco. And she just shares stories of women's home birth experience. And I just think that's super cool. So that's something that I follow that's, you know, somewhat unexpected. I also, you know, back to like my blog for a moment, I have a focus on, you know, kind of healing journey and recovering from like a toxic way of thinking and from a toxic relationship. And so there's a book that a series of books actually called Boundaries that is by Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. And they have a series like Boundaries in Marriage, Boundaries with Kids, Boundaries in, you know, any sort of relationship boundaries at work, and... The boundary series of books has been really eye-opening. It's written from a Christian perspective, but it is very universally applicable in principle. And so that's been something that has really helped me and it's informed and shaped some of my writing on my blog. And then I would say just one more that I really enjoy from a podcast perspective is a podcast that a church that I used to attend does. It's called Perspectives, where they talk about various subjects that are going on culturally. So it could be like anything from the election to the Supreme Court to, Mm -hmm. you know, Black Lives Matter or any current topic. And they talk about it not from a Christian perspective, but not a biblical perspective. So they try to find things that are not addressed in the Bible and just talk about them, you know, between various Christians. It could be pastors, it could be people that attend the church, it could be people in the community. But I find it really interesting because I just enjoy uh, the mix of cultural topics from a Christian perspective. I'm a Christian. So I always enjoy hearing their takes on things. And that's something that I enjoy listening to regularly as well.
0: Sure. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to check out the boundaries one. I'm always trying to improve my boundaries and set boundaries with different areas of my life. So (laughs) it is, it is the book that I
1: recommend uh, most highly to people. It has truly changed the way that I see things. And I knew I was very bad at setting boundaries and enforcing boundaries. I knew I was very bad at it. I didn't find, (laughs) I could even recognize like, here, I need to set a boundary here, but then I couldn't do it or I couldn't enforce it. I was afraid of Mm -hmm. what would happen. The person would be mad at me. The person would push back on the boundary or I would give in and fear really drives a lot of our lack of setting boundaries. And um, the book didn't say, okay, well, if you do X, Y, and Z, you will successfully set a boundary. But it helped me understand the psychology more of boundary setting and the reasons why boundaries are important and good and kind of helped me overcome the fear of setting and enforcing boundaries. And that was really what was so life-changing to me about that book.
0: Yeah, that sounds absolutely amazing. And I think that could be a whole different podcast episode in itself too. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) So then what are you currently working on that you're most excited about?
1: So I just decided that I am going to get in the best shape of my life since it seems like I'm done having kids. <laughs> and since I'm out of the infant stage, I decided yeah. that this is something that I want to do for myself. So I'm doing a few things. I've been trying to go to the gym, but my gym is still operating. at kind of off hours. It's not open seven days a week. I belong to the local IMCA. Yeah. And so that's not been working. So what I did is I just bought a Peloton like everybody else in America over the last <laughs> few months.
0: And I have a Peloton that, too, not to interrupt yeah. you, but I absolutely love it. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, we need to connect on there. Yeah. Mine won't be delivered until like Christmas time because the wait is so long, but I have access to the online programming now. So I'm starting with that. And, you know, for me, I get into this pattern of being like, okay, well, uh, you know, it's two hours later. Like I can't do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. And I'm not a procrastinator by nature, but for some reason, like if I am better at working out, if I do it every day, like if I do it Monday, I can almost guarantee I'll do it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. Friday. If I miss Monday, (laughs) somehow in my mind, I go off the rest of the week. So I'm really building some accountability around myself, some accountability partners, not through like any official program or anything, but I just, I don't love what the scale says, but I'm not really someone who goes by the scale. I just go by how I feel. And I want to feel better. I'm not great having discipline with what I eat or drink. (laughs) Sorry, that probably sounded weird. I don't like over drink or anything. I just enjoy having a drink every night, but I can control my discipline around working out. So that's what I'm working on and I'm most proud of right now. And I will just also say, and I hope everybody that listens to this feels this way as well. Like, I'm also really proud of myself for making it. Through this hell of a year. Yeah. (laughs) It's not so, I guess I'm still working on making it through, but we're pretty close to the end of the year. We're close. Yeah. yeah, None of us expected like these crazy, unprecedented challenges would face the sacrifices and unimaginable circumstances. So, like, I am proud of myself for making it through for my kids being happy, healthy, and together and safe. And yeah. And I hope that we never have a 2020 again.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I think everyone needs to hear that. So, thank you so much. Sure. And so we can find you at Recovering Superwoman on Instagram. That's correct, right?
1: Yes, Recovering Superwoman on Instagram. My blog goes by the same name, RecoveringSuperwoman.com. And you could um, find me on Facebook. There's a slight modification to the name, but if you search Recovering Superwoman, you'll, you'll find me there as well. And I'd love to connect with anyone. Um, you'll see that my feed on Instagram is largely just quotes or sayings. You'll also see I post photos that is like about embracing the struggle. So like, if you're looking for something to follow like that, also, like, I don't really spend a lot of time on my social media feed, but I do spend time writing the content for my blog. And so if there's someone out there that thinks that, you know, they just are looking for someone to relate to from, you know, that is on a journey of recovery from just from doing it all and being it all or you know, difficult circumstances, you know, within relationships, I'd love to connect with you. And I hope that, you know, some of my content would help you or someone, you know.
0: Sure. Sounds wonderful. And I'll also put all of the links in the show notes and in the blog posts that I write and share once this episode goes live. So everyone will have all of that information right there. So you can click to all the links directly. Oh,
1: thanks so much. I really appreciate that. And thank you so much again for having me on. I think it's such an honor to be included with like the guests that you have had so far. And I look forward to connecting more with you.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really had a wonderful time talking to you. And I think that we shared a lot of great little nuggets that I think a lot of people are going to relate to. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Wow. So I got so many valuable nuggets and pieces of information out of that interview with Krista. So just to recap a little bit about what we talked about. We really focused on, number one, the choices we must make as working moms, they're never easy. And especially this year, and as I'm recording this now, we're going into another countrywide surge of coronavirus cases. And once again, as working moms and working parents, we're having to face those tough decisions again. Schools might be closing down again. Businesses might be shutting down to go back to remote working or maybe you've been remote working this entire time with your kids at home. No matter what you're going through, the choices are never easy and everyone is going to have a different situation and a different choice to face. So really, I think the premise of this and what I take out of this is we all need to give ourselves grace space and time to process these decisions and to know that we're all doing the very best we can for our own families. Number two, normalizing the struggle of working and having kids at home during this year Or in past years, it might have been just trying to get that workplace flexibility, maybe having a more understanding employer when your kids get sick, things like that. As working moms, we really need to normalize that struggle. We need to not accept that this is just how it should be. And we need to keep pushing back and fighting for things that we truly need to make our lives run smoother Because we are balancing all of these things on a daily basis. And like Krista and I talked about, you know, she said if she was still performing to her high standard at work, for what reason would she have to go back to the office when she's trying to juggle three children at home during a pandemic? So really just... Let's not accept and give in that this is how it should be. And let's really try to fight for what we need as working moms and working parents. Number three that we talked about was to do what works for you. Not everybody's situation is the same. And we had talked about her. So I asked this question every single episode. What are your non-negotiables as a working mom? Trista actually twisted this answer around and did something I haven't heard someone do before, which she says she doesn't like that question because it's too much pressure to do something every single day. I absolutely love that answer. And I agree. If it's too much pressure to try to come up with a specific list of non-negotiables that you have to do every day, just do what works for you. So if you can you know, get out a couple times a week for a walk. If you miss it one day, it's not the end of the world. But just pick it back up the next day and do what works for you as a working mom. And the fourth thing that I thought was really important that we talked about was setting boundaries. So setting boundaries is something that's super important, not only in our personal relationships, but also at work. And just in general, like if you have specific set of values that you follow and you know your boundaries, sticking to your boundaries is going to make you feel more at peace and in turn make you feel more organized and just make your life overall better because you're sticking to your boundaries. You're not bending to different things that you really don't want to go along with. So overall, I thought that was such a great conversation with Krista, and I'm super excited for you guys to check out her blog, Recovering Superwoman, and check out all of her stories that she's posting on Instagram and her posts. I hope you guys have a great day. I will catch you next time. So I know as a busy working mom, it's hard to find the time to actually sit down and read for pleasure or for learning. I often find myself getting to the end of the day too tired to actually hold a book and read or there's other things I need to do like folding laundry, loading the dishwasher or picking up items around the house. Well, I've discovered Audible for listening to audiobooks. It's just like listening to podcasts, but features full-length book by your favorite authors and genres. The book that I'm currently reading is Michelle Obama Becoming, which I highly recommend in audiobook form. I just love the way she tells her story. So I can cue up my audiobook, pop in my AirPods, and get my end-of-the-night tasks accomplished. Or I can just lay in bed in the dark with my eyes closed, listening. Because, you know, we all have those days where we physically cannot do one more thing. And I highly encourage you to just rest when you feel like this. Popping in an audiobook, laying in bed is the best thing ever. If you want to give Audible a try, for listeners of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, sign up for a free trial and one free audiobook is on the house with your free trial if you sign up with this link. Just go to audibletrial.com slash confessions of a working mom to sign up for that free trial. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash confessions of a working mom to get started with your free trial of Audible today so you can listen to your favorite book at the end of a long day. Thank you so much for listening in today to Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes of this episode for all the links to what we've talked about today. Also, head on over to theworkingmomcollective.com to sign up for my free five-day challenge for creating a working mom non-negotiable routine. We've all been there stressed out, burnt out, and overwhelmed as working moms handling all of the things. My free challenge will walk you through, step by step, my exact method for creating a working mom routine that takes you from burnout to actually waking up and feeling great about your day. And finally, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review if you have a few minutes. Tell your working mom friends and anyone else that might be interested in this content. I'd love as many moms as possible to gain value from the podcast. If you'd like to nominate someone or yourself to be a guest, please contact me at kelly at com. I am so happy you chose to listen in today. And I cannot wait to dive into next week's topic with you.